an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You can live out your MasterChef dreams. When you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 597, Kyle. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, phonetic hard C sounds in this room right it- now. Or K's if you want. <laughs> Chris, Kyle, Katie. I'm really glad you don't spell it with a, with a K though. No. Not a Chris Kringle type. K- or it'd be weirder if it was K H R I S. That'd just be just pretentious. Really, yeah, that would be really shitty. I shouldn't do it that way. No, your parents are good people and didn't name you that way. Or K R I S S. Wait a minute. Uh, I have to say, you didn't. You weren't there. You didn't come to the Reno show last night, did you? Oh, I missed it. I was Fuck. real upset. It was. We did an episode of At Midnight last night with Reno with the Reno cast, and I don't just mean like Tom and Ben and Carrie and. Carlos and Cedric, like, they were, it was Reno. Wait, they were them? They were them, and they played as them the whole show, and it was fucking amazing. It was basically like an episode of Reno. I just learned that you can feel double disappointment, that you can miss something, (laughs) and then find out it was way cooler than the thing you thought you missed. Well, here's the the thing. We, you know, one of the challenges of the show is that we have to cut it down to 21 minutes for for air, but every so often, we get to post unedited versions, and so we're posting... The show was an hour long, and I think we're posting the what? hour uh, wi- uh, of completely unedited. That rules. It was so oh much fucking fun. It was so much fucking fun. So that'll be on the Comedy Central app or cc.com, the Reno 911 episode of At Midnight, unedited, uncensored. Oh, my God. Uh, it was <laughs> they're, they're so goddamn funny. This episode what was... What a day. Who's on this episode? This episode was Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, he is a legend and delightful. Amazing. He was on At Midnight in New York last week. He was great on the podcast and someone that I have... Uh, whose comedy I've followed for many, many... You know, Will Wheaton and I, when we were teenagers, were obsessed with Gilbert, and we used to do bad Gilbert Gavrin impersonations, and when Gilbert was on at midnight last week, I took video of Gilbert going, Hello, Will Wheaton! <laughs> and I go, Is there anything else you want to say? And he goes, Nah. <laughs> it was amazing. So I sent that to Will, and Will and Will sent me this text, and he was like, Can you believe that this is our lives now? That, that we get to go back and do all this stuff? So, that the kid that got to drive the Enterprise is saying that to yeah, you? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Can you believe this is our lives now? Yeah. The guy fucking got to drive the Enterprise. Yeah, I know, but everyone gave him shit for it. I didn't. Uh, I was too young. Gilbert's promoting his podcast, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast on the Sideshow Network. This has been a quasi-hostful intro <laughs> to the Gilbert Gottfried Podcast number 597. Uh, everyone, check out Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> so, edit that last part out. Why? Why? <laughs> We're not going to make a dent. We only have 40 episodes. <laughs> That's what it's like when I schedule my own time to get to podcasts. Now entering 
Nerdist.com. Want me to spoon you during the whole interview? Please. Would that make it? Yes. <laughs> make it? Would that warm it up? We could just. Why do you even have to ask? I, I, I yeah. shouldn't have asked. I, you know, I apologize later, right? Don't ask for permission. Ask for forgiveness. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's re- it's nice to see you. We met yeah. for the first time. I think. Are we on? We just started already. Yeah. Yes. We met for the first time. I think at SF Sketchfest this past year. Um, I don't know if we'd actually met before. But I, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of yours because I watched every stand-up everything in the 80s. So I've been watching for all the MTV image campaign spots you used to do. Oh, my God. You remember that? Yeah. Jeez. Yes, that was early, early MTV. Right. Yeah. I remember they saw me at a club. This is after I failed on a bunch of things. <laughs> and I failed on a season of Saturday Night Live. And I was even fired from Thick of the Night. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, that, that's when you've hit rock bottom. When Alan Thick goes, Gilbert, you fade. Gilbert, you beneath me taste in you business. And so they saw me at a club and they asked me to audition. And I went in and I just improvised some stuff at MTV. And... Uh, they they started using it a lot, like they used yeah, it a lot like, throughout the whole day. That was my first uh, good exposure. What was it before that? When did you start doing stand up, and where did you start doing stand up? Oh God, I was like uh, fifteen. Oh. I was was fifteen. I wasn't like fifteen. You were ab- you were literally yeah. fifteen. It's not like I was <laughs> uh, in my fifties and I just fifteen. But no. I was like 15. Yeah. I was it was like, a, it was like a 15. Yeah. Yes. I was 15. First time I got up on stage at like the bitter end. Oh, wow. And what was the, what was the stand-up scene like when you started? Uh, there wasn't much. The stand-up boom hadn't started yet. And so I went up. I just wrote my name down on the list. It was one of those open mic nights. And next thing you know, ah, uh, here I am <laughs> what? doing this show. Well, that was a lot. I feel like Had there was I a lot of stuff I'd in be there. Between doing there. this show one day, I never would have gone in the business. <laughs> but uh, who who thought ahead? Well, it's because before the stand-up boom, how did it even occur to you that that was a thing that you could do? God knows. I mean, it was it was. Uh, it was one of those ridiculous things. Like, I was one of these kids who would watch TV and old movies on TV and start imitating who I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. And and then somebody recommended. They said, oh, there's this club in the village. Uh, why don't you go on and try that? And I don't know if I did well or were too stupid to know that I bombed. <laughs> Why does it, I'm, I'm, it's hard for me to picture a time without the comedy boom. So the idea when that 
everything had not been observed by yes. comedy yet. Yes. It was like fertile. It was like yeah. you could just scoop the fish, jump into the boat themselves. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of like there was, the, especially at certain times, the comedy boom goes up and down. But there was a time, I remember, it seemed like like every block had about four comedy clubs on sure. it. Sure, yeah. And then before that, if you did say, ladies, go to the bathroom in groups, we would be like, I never noticed that oh, yeah. before. <laughs> I never. I hope, I hope people keep talking about that premise for 30, 40 years. Yeah, or, or if a glass broke while you're on stage and you said it's Memorex, <laughs> that was like, what an ad lib. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait a second. And men are women. Uh, men and women are different. That's before. At Whoa. that point, I think you know. Before 1978, the consensus was they're exactly the same. Yeah. Wow. It's they're they're different. And and wait, wait a second. Uh, um, women uh, sit down when they pee. I didn't know this. <laughs> and by the way, just in case you were curious. Uh, New York and Los Angeles, very different cities. Yeah. Like wildly different cities. Wait a minute. Are you saying uh, that <laughs> L.A. is mellow mm-hmm. and New York isn't? Yeah. New York's more angry? Yeah. I didn't know this. I'm so <laughs> Someone came along to point these things out. <laughs> and can you believe it? This guy I saw last night said that cab drivers Wait a and guys who work in 7-Eleven have a hard time speaking English. That's crazy yeah. that someone find, you know, it's I, nutty. I thought it was just me. Yeah. For the longest time, I thought I was the only one. And I don't even talk to you about flying anywhere because air travel, someone needs to take that down a notch, yeah, too, yeah. comedically. It's about time someone had the guts. <laughs> to stand up to big airlines. Air yeah. travel. And, and, you know, I'm just waiting for somebody who has the balls to talk about those giant boxes of candy uh-huh. you get in movie theaters. Yeah, I mean, it's like, who are they trying to impress yeah. with that <laughs> business? I mean, and, you know, you have to take a mortgage out on your house to buy the candy. <laughs> no one had ever put that into words before. It's, it's like they're narrating my life. <laughs> That's why. And, and are you saying... That if a man and woman are at home, the man clutches the remote control. Won't let go of it, apparently. I mean, come on. Yeah. Who, I didn't, I thought I was the only one who knew that. Well, he clutches it because apparently men really like sports. Yeah. And so he's very protective, which the women should understand because they like shoes and not and are sports. are men a little bit on the Neanderthal side? Yes, and women yeah. are a little bit complex and yes. hard. And what is this clitoris that they keep talking about? <laughs> yep. I think we just covered 1978 to about 1999. Uh, for anyone who wants to know. What- I, I remember one time I was on a show a talk show, and one of the other guests was Jimmy J.J. Walker. Of course, yes. And I started, uh, someone asked me about what kind of material you do, and as a joke, I started saying stuff like that. I said, well, I do jokes about Seven Eleven and about <laughs> men and women and about 10. I started doing all the roll off of that. And then backstage, Jimmy Walker came over to me and goes, you just did my whole act. <laughs> 
<laughs> but not ironically. He was dead serious. Uh. <laughs> I heard they hated Jimmy Walker on that show. Oh, really? Yes. Like, I know uh, John John Amos. Was mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah, the, the dad. Father? Mm-hmm. He hated him. And I think the mother hated him, too, because I think the two of them really thought that they were doing like Raisin in the Sun right, or something, and, and he was making it goofy. And probably making more money because yes. he popped on the show. He was making it a hit show. He was basically, he was basically the Fonzie of good times. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was... <laughs> I've never heard it described that way. But he was the Fonzie of good... He uses that to get laid. He goes up to women and goes, Ha! I'm the Fonzie of good times. And I'm sure anyone over the age of 52 will fuck the shit out of him. With that that big up line, with anyone else, is going to be a dry spell. Okay, now do you remember... uh, See, John Amos actually quit the show. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he died on the show. He he died. Now, do you remember... Uh, when, when, what's her name? What's the name? Was that, was her name Isabel Sanford? No, Isabel Sanford was on, uh, Was she on Jefferson's? She was, Isabel Sanford was, was Mrs. Jefferson. Oh, okay. So yeah. who Sharon was... Hemsley and, and Isabel Sanford. Yeah. Who was, who was the mother on, uh, Good Times? Uh, Katie, can we internet movie? Yeah, I said? I please. I, I, I picture, I can picture her face very clearly. Katie, but I... you should jump on this right away. You should oh. always have it on hand. Katie, just switch it over to that already open tab of Good Times trivia yeah. that you were <laughs> reading before we even sat down for the podcast. <laughs> oh, Janet, oh, Janet Dubois. No, that was one of the Janet daughters. Dubois. Oh, no, no. That, no, Wilona. That was Wilona. The mother Ooh. was uh, uh, no, Bernadette, Stan- Bernadette Stannis. Was, that was, was, no. no, no, that's not Thelma. Oh, no. Esther Roll. Esther Roll. Esther Roll. Esther Roll. Yeah. Thank you. Well, they didn't have their pictures there. It was just yes. the names. Esther so we're, you might think we were being racist just yeah. now, but we were not. We were just looking well, at names. We're just saying the cast of Good Times and the cast of The Jeffersons all looked alike. I don't think we were saying that at all. We were saying not that. So everything Gilbert just said, but not what Gilbert just said. And the storm of controversy has already begun. <laughs> but it's a, it's fun to it's it's interesting territory. It's kind of an it's a sort of a natural segue into the fact that you uh, it's you know when when uh, when Joan Rivers was on the podcast a couple of years ago and she sort of talked about the same thing. She was like, "They're jokes. They're not most of you know like." Yes. So when she would say things and people would get upset, she'd be like, "I'm not. It's a fuck. It's joke. Yes. It's comedy. Yes." And so. You are someone who has gotten into trouble before from stuff that you say, and you thank must thank be- God it never got in the papers or on the internet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> never. Hi, boy, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of bullet holes. There's yeah. blood coming out. That's why I'm always gainfully employed. <laughs> <laughs> but the but <laughs> there was. What was the, uh, at what point did you, you don't try to be controversial, you just say things that, you know. Yes, that that strike me as funny. That you, that sometimes people are like, hey, you shouldn't say that, and you're like, but. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fucking joke. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think the, what do you think the rules are? Do you think there's a too soon and a not too soon? Well, here's how I feel about too soon, and, and, and everyone who's listening will notice that I'm hitting my hand on the desk Yes, to make a point that shows what a fucking idiot I am, <laughs> that I'm putting my hand 
I'm doing a karate chop on the desk to make a point. That's right. Yes. It's just like everyone who's listening, I went fishing the other day, and I caught a fish this big. Whoa, that is an enormous <laughs> fish that you've caught. I mean, if you could see. And I went out with this girl, and boy, she had tits out to here. <laughs> Embracing the audio podcast format. Yes. Hey, before we get back sure. to... Yes, uh, of course. I just... Getting back to Esther Roll for a second. Sure. Do you remember after John Amos mysteriously dies on this show? Yeah. And she's holding up very strong. Yeah. But she finally breaks down. Do you remember that scene? Uh, wasn't it kind of near the end of the show? She finally, like, she... I, I I remember the tone of it. There, there was an ep- well, I think it was right after he allegedly dies, and she's being very strong about it. And then at the end, she's uh, washing the dishes, yeah, and she's cleaning a bowl, and she drops the bowl, and the bowl shatters on the ground. And in a dramatic sitcom fashion, she goes, "Damn, damn." Damn. Yep. <laughs> I I do actually remember that. That was that, that was a period of sitcoms when that was like the Norman Lear era yes. where they would all of a sudden just get super serious. Yes. And it was just like and I remember watching that and going and, and even as a kid understanding like oh the audience does not know how to react to this. Because all because a second ago Jimmy Walker was saying dynamite and now she's really upset about her dead husband. I mean, I remember though there was also like an episode. See what sitcoms do too to let you know you've just seen something meaningful is just have the credits come up at yes, the end with no, no applause, music. no no anything, no applause, no music. Yeah, and there was one uh, episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. <laughs> Where? Watch his name. You must say that a million times a day. Rabicio. Yeah, G- Giovanni. No, not Giovanni Russo. I don't not, know. What was. It was. Uh, uh, um, oh, fuck. What was his name? But, um, God damn it. Because uh, uh, he, he was discovered because he danced like Michael Jackson in the, yes, and when he was a kid, yes. and then he got discovered and put on Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Katie, Internet Movie Database. Yeah, I think his name was Esther Roll. It was Esther yes. Roll. <laughs> Esther- Alfonso Ribeiro. Oh, yes. So there was one episode where, I don't know, he finds out he's black or something. <laughs> <laughs> he looks, they finally get a mirror, and he finds out he's black. Was that really, I don't... That was the famous he finds out he's black episode. Didn't know the entire show. Yeah. Didn't the know. whole family walks by a Joe Walsh-sized mirror and goes, oh, my God, we're a black family. And then the credits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, silence. It's just the, And I'm showing with my hand. I want you to know with my hand I'm showing the credits going. Rolling. Yeah, here, here. Okay. That's right. See, now we're both. It's kind of, you know those shows where they, I think it shows for, like, blind people, when they have a narrator. Have you ever watched that on TV? Sometimes I'll have that come on, and I'll have it, like, whatever, Matlock or whatever. Oh. And and you'll hear the announcer go, he picks up a pencil. 
Oh, no, I didn't yes. know that they... Oh, uh, my but God. But of course, of course they would. Yes, and he opens a car and looks both ways. They would have to for the demographic of that particular show. They yes. would have to have someone... Because <laughs> they're, they're all blind. They're very old people. Now, back to uh, a comedy that's offensive. Yes. Yeah, so M- what... Mine, because it's not funny. No, it offends <laughs> people who pay to see me. Some, sometimes it does. So what's your, what's your, what's your stance? Well, the, the idea, and I'm going to hit the desk again. Hit it again. I'm going to do my karate chop to the desk again to make a point. I always thought... I love the term too soon because it's like at least when I say a joke, that's a little. I'm having a stroke. On Are you show. okay? That's how animate. No, I half am of you is starting this. to sag into the chair. Are my you okay? arm is hanging. From well, what are you going to pound on the desk for emphasis yeah, now? And, and right now, the narrator is going. His arm is hanging on the side, <laughs> and his mouth is halfway open. Gilbert is having a stroke while Matlock picks up a pencil, <laughs> and then Andy Griffith just walks in, yeah. and and. So I always felt like, at least when I say a joke that's uh, too soon or bad taste, everybody hears it and laughs or gets offended because they know it's offensive. They know it's a bad taste thing. And when people go, oh, you know, when you wait, it's okay and I'm a good person because I waited, <laughs> then it's like like people can do jokes about, Abraham Lincoln being shot right. in the Titanic. And so it, if you're a good person, you go, well, time has passed. I don't know anyone right. involved with that, so fuck them. I'm a good person. <laughs> I didn't know Lincoln. Fuck yeah, that guy. I, I didn't know Lincoln. Fuck him and fuck everyone on the Titanic. <laughs> But it, it, you're, I guess I never thought that before that people go, I waited, and now I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, it, it's like I remember a year after the tsunami, uh, and you know, I said a year. I don't know why, <laughs> but a year. I remember I saw it on TV. It was popping up like, oh, it's a regular tsunami going on here. You know, like jokes were coming out. Right. And I thought, oh, so. Uh, one year after a year, it it's a joke and no longer a crime against humanity. Right, and it, it's it's like I always thought that was ridiculous. Well, it's I mean I always comedy is one thing that tries to help us deal with or at least feel like we have control over the most horrible things. Oh yes, in the yeah. world. So I think as long as you know. If an audience, I think, understands, like, oh, it's not that this person's trying to be disrespectful. It's they're he trying- just is. <laughs> <laughs> he just is a fucking prick. He's not trying. It just comes naturally to him being a fucking asshole. He's just really good at it. So let him spread his wings and fly <laughs> over the pits of Mordor. <laughs> what... Was your was your was that always kind of the thing that you did, or was it you know? No, it's just I I figured I could lose more work <laughs> <laughs> when I when, <laughs> the more tasteful I was, I kept jobs, and I said this is no fun. <laughs> so you you wanted to light some shit on fire? Do you like to light stuff on fire? Oh yes, yeah. Usually bags of dog shit. <laughs> That's a whole other story. <laughs> what, who were the, who was your um, 
who did you come up with? Like who who were some of the other people in your in your comedy world? Oh God, um, God, mm-hmm. yes, that's how long I've been doing. It's a long time. Yeah, Jesus, yeah, uh, slightly less long, but yeah, still a long Moses, time. but yeah. he was too Jewy. I didn't like him. <laughs> um, I, I mean, uh, in those clubs, I mean, uh, Jerry Seinfeld, uh, Paul Reiser, Bill Maher, uh, Dennis Miller, uh, oh, a bunch of people. Do you still talk to Dennis Miller at all? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always fascinated by Dennis Miller. Yes. Because his second comedy special is one of my favorite comedy specials of all time, which I think it was the second one, Black and White. And then as the years went on, he seemed to get a little weird. Yeah, it's weird. He's like now a sidekick to Bill O'Reilly. It's not. I'm not yeah. talking shit about him. I yeah. just. I just think I, it's a different. It's, he's a different. He is a different. It's person. A different cat. Yeah, but he also. I don't feel as bad because he was kind of a dick to me when I first met him. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah, I guess that's fine. But I think in general, like everyone, you know, uh, everyone kind of found their little place and found their little corner of entertainment and you know how to how to express it. What did you ultimately when you started doing stand up? Did you just think, well, I'm just going to be a touring comedian or did you because in those days you didn't it's not like stand-ups got put on television all the time that didn't really start happening until like the late 80s and it's funny Mm. because a little later on with the comedy boom there were so many comedians that used to go on every night at the clubs where i knew this is nothing more than an audition to get a sitcom or a part in a movie right you know, because they had no material or anything. Seven minutes to build yeah, the show. Yeah. yeah, And that they are hoping one day, and with a few it worked, but they were hoping, you know, one day someone see them and go, oh, they've got kind of a likable charm about them. Right. They could be a Tim Allen or a, or a Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it was a different... It, that did breed a lot of, like, <clears throat> uh, the seven-minute stand-up. Routine. Oh yeah, and then if those people ever kind of went on to have to ever tour, then it was a disaster. Well, also those shows like, uh, well, now it's um, uh, you know, well, it used to be Star Search, and right. then there's a million other shows like that, uh, where it's like the winner has seven minutes, right? Seven killer minutes, and then if they have to do eight minutes somewhere, it's 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 stretching it. What what is there one experience in your head that you think of of as the worst stand up experience that you've ever had? Oh God! Um, I remember one time I got asked to do someplace to perform somewhere, and I showed up at the address. It was in New York on this dark street, and there was a building there. And that was the address. And I thought, well, this certainly isn't a comedy club. So I went to the building and I went in the door and it was an empty warehouse with some broken chairs and litter around. And this guy came on. He said, "Okay, I'm going to put you on in 10 minutes (laughs) and no blue material. And and I said something like, I just have to run across the street and get something. I'll be right back. <laughs> and he might still be waiting there for all I know. So you didn't see any audience? There was nothing? No, no, nothing. No sign of life. There was me and him. 
you would have ended up in a bathtub full of ice without yes. your kidneys. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna be like, well, "Who's gonna miss a comedian?" Like you, you would have died. You, you, your, 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 your fight or flight instinct served you well in that case. I don't think I ever had anything like that. I, 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 I think it's always when the audience isn't really is so vastly different. Oh yeah, from what it is that you have to offer, and it's like, well. Do I try to pull them in, or is it just like, well, we're just not going to connect? Oh, yes. tonight. Yeah, like a horrible date. And then, uh, and then, and then sometimes the sort of dickhead comic gene will kick in, and then it's like, oh, well, now I'm going to make you suffer. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that I usually open with. <laughs> I I remember one time seeing Rodney Dangerfield on stage. And the audience wasn't laughing at anything. Really? He said, yeah. And so finally, he looks at them angrily, you know, pulling at his tie and shirt and moving around. And he goes, hey, if anyone tells you you're a hot crowd, you spit in their face. (laughs) (laughs) Did they laugh at that? I laughed at it. I know. Well, at a certain point, if it's not going well, then the comic will just start lobbing jokes to the other comics in the back oh, of the room. Yeah. Oh, you know what's, what's scary is when a comedian's on stage and he's bombing, totally bombing, no laughs at all. And then you figure, oh, he better just wrap up and get <laughs> off. And then he'll do something that gets a laugh and that encourages him. To go longer. Which right? is, he should just be like, I got it. I should yeah, get the fuck it. out of here. Good night, Good everybody. Night. Yeah, exactly. Like Jackie Gleason yep. in, in that Miami show he used to do. Which, do you remember Jackie Gleason used to do, <laughs> well, you have to be 90 to know this. <laughs> I, people in homes now are going, oh, finally, something we know about. Yeah, well, you know, when they bl- <laughs> because they love to blast the podcast in the retirement communities. Because uh, they, <laughs> the elderly people love to listen to much younger people talk about pop culture references they yeah, don't usually yeah, don't understand. Uh, Jackie Gleason had this variety show. I knew it would pay off sooner yeah, or later. Yeah, <laughs> Listen, they're talking about him. Oh, five of our patients just died from <laughs> the excitement. They're all crowded around <laughs> an iPhone that's just playing a podcast. Like it's an old timey radio. I <laughs> don't know any better. <laughs> what was this Jackie Gleason? Okay, show? so and and on that show, every now and then they would try to bring back the honeymooners, mm-hmm. but they'd bring it back as a musical. Okay, and and it would have him and and Art Carney, but two other women, and and it's like you wondered. It was all of a sudden sad now. Like, you could laugh at the early honeymooners of him in the one-room apartment with no TV and no phone. But, you know, you figure, uh-oh, this guy's like 80 now. And now it's getting kind of sad. Never got out of that apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Things never got better. And where did he get that that orange-brown tan? Yeah. <laughs> If you know, driving the bus. Yeah. A bus in Brooklyn, you really get a lot of sunlight. I mean, really, The Honeymooners is a depressing show. Oh, very much. He's horribly abusive to his wife. She puts up with it. I mean, sometimes she'll put her foot down, but basically, 
she's only ever given every once in a while a morsel of which baby you're the greatest which brings us back <laughs> to the black honey moment <laughs> oh, no which cedric the entertainer mm-hmm. cedric the at, as ralph crandon <laughs> this was this was an idea that couldn't have lasted as a terrible sketch on Saturday Night Live. And they tried to make it a show. Yes, that it was so horrible. Well, they had a terrible marriage. And I know the idea was supposed to be, well, you know, but, they, but love conquers all, yes. I guess. But basically, he gets home from work, yells at his wife. She's way out of his league. Yeah. <laughs> he probably just, you know, a couple times a month gives her a couple of pumps and then... <laughs> And then he's shitty to his friend, who's who's almost mentally challenged. (laughs) And speaking of mentally challenged, no, before which we love to speak about. (laughs) Hi, we're speaking about mentally challenged. (laughs) So before uh, before that, Gleason had another show uh, where he used to do a sketch called Joe the Bartender. And he'd play a bartender, and there'd be a character who always sat by the bar named uh, Crazy McGillicuddy. Okay. And, uh, it's a good comedy name, right yes, away. Yes, Crazy McGillicuddy. And he'd go, uh, hi, hi there, Crazy. And he'd go, hi, Joe. Hi, you, Mr. Zaddy. And he was a drunk, but he was one of those drunks where you said, well, he's drunk and also uh, mentally <laughs> handicapped. <drunk." laughs> and how hilarious for yeah. audiences at that time. Did you not laugh? Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> it's brain damage and alcoholism. How could you not? I mean, the, the <laughs> nexus of those two. I mean, separately, those things are very sad. But when you bring them together. If he only had polio. <laughs> It's just audiences at the time could not handle that much comedy yes. in one. And then, you know, uh, Gleason's wife would come in and he'd hit her and everyone would laugh. And, and, then, uh, and then they'd go home. That's the, that, that was a, such a strange time for what. But I guess it was coming out of. I don't know, vaudeville radio comedy, and you know, I, I would imagine. I mean, vaudeville comedy, I'm guessing, was probably pretty but, base. But then, like a much later sitcom, they'd have, and and the critics were in love with it, and that was Murphy Brown, yeah, with Candace Bergen, yeah. And I remember that was a show. I would love for them to bring that one back now, where the punchline was, who do you think you are, Spiro Agnew? <laughs> <What's that? laughs> and, and hey, who do you think you are, Dan Quayle? And they mention, like, politicians who were in the news that day. Right. So when the show aired a week later, it was already old news. <laughs> I say we started, we do a sitcom now and retain those references. Yes. <laughs> let's, take, let's take a sitcom and not tell anyone what we're doing, but we're going to take all the references that were in Murphy Brown yes. and apply them to a contemporary, <laughs> a contemporary show. Were you at the roast where Norm Macdonald read out of the joke book for, oh, of yes, Saget? Yes, you were at Saget's roast, right? Uh, yeah, he he read like uh, like like his old joke insults. Yeah, and I remember his joke insult to me was something like, uh, uh, "You know, 
you know, there's a sign on the men's room that says, gentlemen, well, pay no heed. You can go in anyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Did you guys? Because the I was at that roast and the audience, the comics were all laughing. Yes. The audience was they completely no dumbfounded. Yeah, I was cracking up. <laughs> I, I just, I love anything where the audience has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I don't. The, I don't know if I would ever actually do any of the roasts because I, I also I, I I feel bad just taking a shit on people. See, I like taking a shit on people. On people, but I usually pay extra to have them <laughs> shit on me. But that's a whole other story. I'll talk well, after the podcast is over. We'll talk about how I like to get shit on. I think it'd be really great. I always think it'd be really funny to put people on the spot when they do the comedy. Like, but that's another story. And be like, well, let's, yeah. t- let's talk about it. Yeah, tell me that just story. to see how far the riff okay. can actually go. Here's an old joke. <laughs> Uh, A husband and wife are uh, having trouble there. Their relationship is getting boring. Their sex life is falling apart. And then finally, uh, the, the wife says, hey, how about try this? Why didn't you shit on me tonight? This is, I, I heard... <laughs> Watching you tell this joke is better than the joke. Yes. So she goes, why don't you shit on me? Which is something you have to accept in the joke world. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could see. That would happen. Yeah, I could see. would totally just come out of nowhere. Someone's wife going, why don't you take a shit on me? Yeah. And him going, okay, okay. (laughs) Sure. Why not? So he takes his shit on her. (laughs) (laughs) Some other things happen, and then he shits on her. <laughs> this is I think Kelly Lee is gonna oh, what's her name? Kelly Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa? Kelly Ripa is gonna be telling this joke tomorrow. <laughs> it's morning. Gonna, you're gonna see it She's on the show. Open the show. Yeah. So he takes his shit on her. And then he's <laughs> then he's fucking her. And the shit smeared all over the two of them. And they really naturally enjoy it immensely. <laughs> of And then the next night, the guy uh, eats a large pizza with extra cheese, and he gets into bed with his wife and takes an even bigger shit on her. And they're fucking, and the shit's going all over the place. And then the next night, he eats like a lasagna with extra meat and garlic bread and takes a humongous shit on her, and then he's fucking her. You might have to clean this up for TV. (laughs) If if you ever do the Tonight Show, you might. Which part? Okay. And and then the next night, he, he has like, a, a giant ice cream sundae with whipped cream and chocolate sauce and bananas and 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 he gets he squats down on top of her and he's straining and nothing's coming out and he's straining some more and nothing's going he keeps straining and then finally 
he goes, I, I, I can't. And the wife breaks down crying and she goes, you don't love me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a joke or did you just make that up? <laughs> no, it was an episode of the honeymoon. Oh, come <laughs> where, where Gleason goes, I'm going to shit on you, Alex. Hey, Ruffy Boy, you're going to shit on the wife tonight? <laughs> I shit on Trixie last night. It was good times. So you're saying you shit on Trixie. Oh, yeah. I and think I, I should shit on Alex. I shit all over every night, Ruffy Boy. <laughs> you want to use my vest to clean it up? <laughs> I, would lo- <laughs> I would love to see, like, deviant honeymooners. Like, fetish. <laughs> But it's like you see all the stuff you never see in the bedroom. It was yes. only in the kitchen. Oh, but yeah. if they just move the cameras into the bedroom, what kind of weird, <laughs> fucked up things? I mean, Alice must have been getting something out of that relationship. Oh, yes. But I don't. But no one could ever see what it was. <laughs> there were. Was there a la- What was the last episode of the Honeymooners? Did you know what the last episode was? Ooh. Um, Did they resolve anything, or was it just like, well, that's it? I think. Uh, oh, yes. Ralph dies, and Alice is washing a bowl. <laughs> and she goes, damn, damn, damn. And people didn't know why, even though she was upset, why she sounded black. And then credits. No audience. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't know. They didn't know how prophetic it would be. That's, that's amazing. But it, it's... Do you... Are you you must be pleased that in the internet age that you can pretty much say whatever you want and have an outlet because in the eighties and it doesn't offend anyone. Not one person <laughs> yeah. ever no gets one upset. Has anything to no, say about it? No, no, no. It's uh, you're Teflon. It nothing nothing sticks. Yeah, but in the, but you couldn't. I mean, in the eighties, everything really did pretty much have to be TV friendly at oh, all times. Oh yes, yes, yes. So yes. when did you start to think? I feel like I'm at the McCarthy hearings. <laughs> yes. Are you a communist? Are you now or have you ever been a member of the communist party? See, not too many people do a Senator Joe McCarthy imitation. That is some, again, we're going to put that in the Murphy Brown <laughs> <Yes>. sitcom. <laughs> we got Joe McCarthy <laughs> and, and Victor Bergen. <laughs> hey! Oh, it ties the in. Bergen, it all ties in. To Candace. Hey, let me get a plug out of the way first. Sure. Uh, uh, I have a podcast now. Doesn't everyone? I don't. Doesn't every fucking person in the world? I look across the desk at you, and I go, Jesus, every fucking asshole has a <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so I have a podcast. It's called Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, you could hear it on gilbertgottfried.com and subscribe to it on iTunes or sideshownetwork.tv. Okay. Okay. And what do you, how long have you been doing your podcast? Uh, ne- never. I, I never taped an episode. Uh, this, I just got the idea now. It's talking to you. Oh, good. That anyone. No, I, I, I don't know. For a few months now. Do you like it? Do you like the format? I, 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 I've been interviewing. I like to interview old Hollywood whenever who's alive. Right. I come up with these names the next week. I see they're already dead, and I have to adjust the list. So it's just a race. It's a race. And I was originally going to call the show 
the Before It's Too Late show. <laughs> but I thought it was going to be hard getting guests on the show. If you say, can you do my podcast? Because I think you might drop dead in two days. From it's now. called, uh, the podcast called uh, Last Rites. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, if there's anything you want to say to the world, now's a, now's a good time. <laughs> the podcast is called He Will Be Missed. <laughs> <laughs> Parting thoughts with Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> We're all huddled around the iPhone at the retirement community. Yeah, can you do my podcast obituary? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Is there anything you want to get off your chest or anything yeah. you ever wanted to <laughs> let people know or buried treasure? Well, that's good, though. You, you, who have you had on so far? I had on Larry Storch. Oh, my from God. F-Troop, from F-Troop, yeah. Who's like 92 and he's not the oldest person. We've had on, we had on uh, Joe Franklin. You did? Yeah. Uh, Artie, Ar- uh, Marty Allen. Oh, wow. From Allen and Rossi. They Holy followed shit. the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. Oh, my God. And uh, Dick, Ca- Dick Cavett seemed like the teenager of the show. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a good talker. Oh, he, I, he's one of those click on the mic and you don't have to do a thing. What was Joe Franklin like? Uh, Joe Franklin... Uh, discovered every single person sure. in the business, sure. if if you listen to him. And he claims, on I'm hitting the desk for to make a point, he claims that on one of his shows, he had on both um, James Dean and Al Pacino. And then I did the math on it and figured, well, Al Pacino would have had to have been 10 right. when he was on that show. He probably had an Al Pacino and James Dean impersonator oh, yeah. on the show. <laughs> and in his mind, he was like, this is, I've had them on. Yeah. <laughs> They've very much both been on the program. He was, Joe Franklin was like YouTube before YouTube, basically. Yes. He was one of those shows. He was mainly East Coast. And he was one of those shows that would come on like, like, like uh, after when TV, when there was nothing on TV, and then as it came to the later hours where TV was about to shut off altogether, the Joe Franklin show would come on. I just remember it from the I saw the SNL parodies of it oh, first, yeah. the Billy Crystal version of the Joe Franklin show. But I, I didn't, it wasn't until after that that I was like, oh, that's a real show that they're making fun of. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he used to. It, it would start off with a montage of all of him was sitting with every major celebrity in show business. And then the show would start and it would be some hotel lounge singer and some guy who's a dentist. Yeah. And and they would be talking and then he'd try to get them to talk together and go, oh, uh, so um, you as uh, as a singer, your teeth, uh, your teeth would have to look good. So you could go to this dentist. here. (laughs) (laughs) He was trying to be a connector. Yes. But they but they're questions that are unanswerable. So they'd be like, yes, it was horrible. It'd be like, yeah, I guess I. it was wonderfully painful. I mean, that was sort of the. That was maybe the beginning of, like, Scheidenfrada viewing television, I would imagine. Yes, or any other Nazi television. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, it's Nazi television. <laughs> Again, we'll put it in the Candace Bergen show. Um, what do you... 
what did made you decide to start doing a podcast? Was it the like fuck? Yeah. Am fuck. I the last comic not doing I, a podcast? I thought of the word fuck, and I said <laughs> podcast. Uh, I I used to get into talk. Well, like I mean, I have a a co-host, Frank Santo Padre, who's a writer on the view and i used to talk to him and i have a like a, an assortment of friends who are fascinated with old hollywood mm-hmm. and these forgotten names and finally i figured ah fuck it i'll do a podcast <laughs> someone should do it yeah and uh oh i could not get you know i would have loved to have interviewed like boris karloff and bela lugosi but they're long gone so i got the daughter of Boris Karloff. Oh, wow. Yeah, I called her up and I said, would you do the show? And she said, oh, yes, I'd love to do that. (laughs) (laughs) How was she? She actually was alert and fun and everything. And I interviewed. (laughs) That's the reviews for your guest now. The guest was alert. She was alert. She was breathing. Seemed to she know was, most of the words. She uh, she didn't have any body parts that were falling <laughs> off. <laughs> she didn't all of a sudden start screaming for no reason at all and go, who are you? But <laughs> What am I doing here? The <laughs> Your podcast hopefully has a set of paddles nearby. Oh, yes. That you yes. Could... <laughs> yeah. What what does a thing they yell? Clear, clear, boom, clear, and and I heard in real life doctors very rarely use those like defibrillators. And oh, like, TV lied to us. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and when they do, it's not even that strong. It's I I even read somewhere that they said that uh, what is it um um a electroshock treatment. They said electroshock treatment is not as powerful or painful as they show you in the movies. It sounds like maybe they're trying to justify it a yeah. little bit. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad at all. It's if, just a... if you've ever been hit by an army tank, <laughs> it pales in comparison. If you've ever had a really hot pepperoni placed onto the bald spot of your yes. eyeball... <laughs> It's just to the balls on your eyeballs. To the to your eyeballs. That's extra sensitive. <laughs> if your balls are growing out of your eyeball, those would be the most sensitive balls. Yes, yes. <laughs> so then, if someone they could punch you in the eye and <laughs> hit you in the balls at the, at the same, same time. Eye. But then this will be discussed on sixty minutes next week. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Uh, your comedy is is. Your comedy is, is kind of joke-based. Which- uh, some is joke-based. Some just long, lingering thing with no point whatsoever. <laughs> so when you go on stage, what is, it that you, what is it that you want? I usually like to talk about stuff that's true, like the guy who shits on his wife. <laughs> 100% yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, that happened. Because... Uh, <laughs> Did I tell you I have a podcast? <laughs> no. Uh, it's called Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. You can hear it on gilbertgottfried.com. I'm hitting the desk again for emphasis. And subscribe on iTunes or SideshowNetwork.tv. And please watch the episode where Jackie Gleason shits, shits on, on Audrey Meadows. On Audrey. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was an outtake. He improved it. <laughs> he wasn't gonna, but but it was live television, so it get, it went out. Where Edgar Bergen takes his shit on Candace. <laughs> Where Edgar Bergen puts his hand up Charlie McCarthy and pulls out a fistful of shit as a joke. Because that would be ridiculous. It was a ventriloquist dummy, but audiences just weren't ready for it yet. So he didn't work a lot after that. What I mean, what an amazing time, though. I mean, like, I feel like all my comedian friends now, we're all sober. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like... I take an occasional crystal meth. But that's <laughs> recreational, but just on, uh, on holidays. A recreational meth yeah. user. But in, I feel like in the 80s, was everyone everyone was doing drugs, I would imagine. Yeah, I, and, and it was like, well, you know what? What I love is like when I did Hollywood Squares, it was like nobody was like bombed or anything like that. And I heard on the original Hollywood Squares and the original Tonight Show, all those guys, they would have like a guy... They would have wine and alcohol in everyone's dressing room. Oh, probably like match game, that, yeah, you know, everyone they was would tanked. Get, you'd see these old celebrities bombed out of their skull yep. on these shows. Which, you know, the, I'm sure it was like, well, let's relax them with the alcohol, but the side benefit is that they'll be super drunk. And that's, I mean, like the whole. Like the whole Foster Brooks thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like that, for some reason, that. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's very nice to be. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a that was a thing. That was a comedy thing. The drunk guy, but I guess it's no different now because now now it's just stoner comics. Like we have the same. Oh thing yeah, now. yeah. It's just like it, later on, it would uh, morph into Cheech and Chong. It, I mean, I think it evolved out of the Victorian opium comics. Uh, <laughs> and. And on the Andy Griffith show, they had Otis the town drunk. Oh, yeah, everyone had a town drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But now, uh, well, I guess The Simpsons has Barney Gumble. Oh, yes, yes. But they tried to sober him up, and then I think they were like, ah, he's not funny when he's oh, sober. They, they once did uh, a TV movie called Back to Mayberry. Where oh, it was, yeah. Yeah, they brought back all the people from the old Andy Griffith show, with the exception of Aunt B, who was still alive at the time. Really? And she and Andy didn't get along. <laughs> they so, couldn't patch it up yeah, for the reunion. Yeah, they couldn't patch it up for the reunion. And, and I remember Otis, they had brought back the guy that played Otis, but he was sober now. Oh. And it was like, so... You know, he they should have written off, well, he got drunk and the alcohol killed him. <laughs> and then put on the live track like, ha, 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 ha. He, uh, he got really drunk and, and ran over Aunt B. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why she's not here. And then realizing he killed Aunt B, he slashed his wrists. <laughs> and and, <laughs> and that's, all the, that's, all the, that's all the pre-show, and then they get to the credits. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, also on my podcast, I had on Butch Patrick. Oh, yeah, Eddie Munster. Yes. And he was, he was very open about everything. He talked about being on drugs and all that. And what else happened on the set of the monsters? I wish other stuff. He didn't remember all that much, but I—I I mean, uh, uh, the monster. I remember he did say, 
I mean, at least about the other people. He remembered about himself. He did say that he had like a little, I think it was called a woofy doll that yeah. he used to hold, like that looked like yeah. the Wolfman. Yeah. And he had one, and they a guy made a bunch of copies, and they were selling them. And he made a lot of money, and he said all of which went to buy him drugs the minute the check came in. Oh, that's yeah. a nice story. Yeah, it was a lovely, <laughs> lovely. <laughs> so he was doing drugs as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure at the time, just because of the way Hollywood worked, they were like, give him drugs. We got to keep him. Oh, you know, yes. Like, got to yeah, keep the kid keep happy. Alert. Yeah. And uh, the only person who was upset uh, was Fred Gwynn, who went, Darn, darn, darn. <laughs> right after he dropped a dish. Yeah. Yeah, see, they couldn't say damn, damn. Right. Damn. So, darn, darn, darn. Oh, Grandpa died, but he's yeah. a vampire. <laughs> he didn't have any good Al Lewis stories? I can't believe that he didn't have any good Al Lewis stories. No, surprisingly. He was friends with Al Lewis. Who I think is still alive. Uh, no, no, no. He eventually, they drove a stake through his heart, I think. <laughs> Do you uh, are you a pretty upbeat guy or are you a pretty intense guy? What, what side of the comic spectrum do you fall on? Ah, uh, oh, I'm I'm a regular Van Gogh. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yes, I have an artificial ear that I'm wearing now because <laughs> I cut my. Slick. Now there's arguments to that whether he cut his entire ear off or just part of his ear. The kids love the fierce raging argument about how much of his ear. <laughs> <laughs> It's enough to make them put their Xbox controllers down and start debating how much of his own ear Vincent Van Gogh slice. Van Gogh. Vincent Van Gogh. But is it, you know, the, the comedy brain is a unique organism, you know? So is it, are, are you pretty cool with it now or do you still, did you, were you always sort of, are you actually neurotic? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I'd say that's a safe bet. <laughs> and does comedy help channel that? Oh, I guess maybe. Like, like I heard that Jonathan Winters wouldn't go to a psychiatrist because he was afraid it would ruin whatever made him funny. So he wanted to stay a little. Yes. Yeah, that's really interesting. But I guess in you know, I mean, in his case, I guess it worked. But I don't know. I think that's a fallacy, though. That the idea of like. Oh, I got to be drunk to be funny, or I got to be crazy to be funny, or I got to be this. I guess it's like, I guess Nat King Cole wouldn't quit smoking because he was like, no, the cigarettes make my voice better. Oh, yes. And and eventually cancer will make me uh, appealing <laughs> to the women. <laughs> they love it. The ladies love it. But is it, uh, were you always, you really feel like you were always that way? Did it ever get any better? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Did it get worse? Yes. Oh, good. And, oh, and we were talking about, uh, oh, getting back to offensive comedy. Oh, you want to talk about that? Sure, why not? Well, I, uh, I just wonder what audiences, I mean, I guess if the, if the audience kind of understands that you're not coming from an attacking place. Yeah, it, well, it's like, I mean, years ago, I mean, if we had the internet and the audiences and people now who are on the internet, they would go... Oh, you know, Foster Brooks, how can you make fun of a man with an alcohol problem? That is not a joke. Right, right. And and it's. I think people now love to pat themselves on the back when they're offended. I think the only thing that's, the, I think the main thing that bothers me about it is that 
generally people don't have a problem laughing at misfortunes that don't land near their doorstep. Oh, yeah. But the second it does, and they're like, how could you say that? It's like, yeah, but you just laughed at that other joke. Oh, and that yes. was That joke was about adoption, and someone who's adopted might have been really upset about that, but you laughed about that, so why would you not, you know? It's. I guess it just depends and on... people are conveniently... Well, like... Like, it's like when I lost the whole Affleck thing, I feel like Affleck fired me, uh, got loads of free publicity off it, and then hired a new guy to imitate my voice for less money, thus bringing closure to a horrible <laughs> tragedy. <laughs> Did you find out about that? Did you find on out the about- internet. On the internet, on yeah. On the internet. I wasn't called on the internet. And did that make you change? Did you feel like that made you change the way you deal with the internet at all? Were you like, well, fuck it now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you already fired me. What are you going to do? Fire me again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was that experience then? Like, were you reading there going, wait, this can't be real? Oh, shit. Yeah. And it's like, especially it can't be real because you're thinking, oh, well, so this means absolutely nobody in that company ever saw me on stage, ever watched uh, Friars uh, uh, Comedy Central roast right. or a Friars roast, never heard my dirty joke TV, and never heard of the aristocrats. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did, they ever, did anyone from the company ever contact you? Or was uh, that no, a- no, never. It was on the internet. And then I think after it was old news, someone finally called my agent. <laughs> and said, oh, we're going to go in a, in exactly the same direction with a yes. different person. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they didn't even try to have a new... Yeah, and, and their their ad campaign was, we're, gonna, we're looking for the new voice of the duck. And so the new voice of the duck is the old voice of the duck. <laughs> Just yeah. not the guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. You think, like, okay, if they started doing it with a British accent or something. And were you, can you be pretty, are you pretty zen about it now? Or does it still, is it still, like, is it still upsetting? Uh, now I, I talk about it, yeah. It's like, because everyone brings it up, so I figure, what the hell. I didn't bring it up this time, yeah. just so you know. I yes. wasn't going to bring it up. Yes. I'm nice, you, nice that you brought it up. No, but you brought up shitting on a woman. No, that was your sick. joke. Oh, damn it. I, <laughs> I knew somebody brought it up. But it's because didn't he didn't know. love her anymore. Yes, he didn't. He just didn't love her enough. But maybe he could find someone that ultimately he could shit on someday. Yes. I like to break down jokes as literally as possible. Yes, yes you're like my analyst. <laughs> Well, uh, he didn't love her enough, so uh, naturally he shit on her. Uh, Are you performing anywhere live anytime soon? Uh, No, no, I'll be performing somewhere dead soon. No. Uh, I'll be performing at a bunch of places. You could see that also on my schedule. On GilbertGottfried.com. No, I'm curious. No, I'm just. I'm. I'm. Do you have a podcast on that website as well? Well, it's funny you should bring it up. Okay. Much like you brought up shitting on your wife. Well, I feel like you did that. No, 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 no. I don't like commitment. I would just shit on my girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much commitment. And I have a podcast called Gilbert Gottfried's. Amazing, colossal podcast. You can hear it on GilbertGottfried.com or subscribe to it on iTunes or SideshowNetwork.tv. Excellent. And so 
So I'm just hearing about this for the first time. You do a podcast? Yes, I do a podcast. You talk to... And the Miami Beach audience, <laughs> it's the best audience in the whole world. God damn everybody. Yeah, that's what Gleason... That Gleason was signed up. And his show he used to run. I heard a story that... <laughs> He tried to launch a game show. Yes. And the show was so bad that the next week he came on and apologized and then just had his friends yes, on and they it just was talked. Some show, I think I think it was you stuck your head through a thing and you had to guess what picture was around your face. And he went on the next week at the same time slot and apologized, saying how awful the show was. What a great time when networks wouldn't cancel you. They were like, well, you got to fill the time. Yeah. Somehow so you, you made a commitment say that it was an awful trip <laughs> and then just talk to your friends and then yell at people for a half hour. Would you have wanted to work in television back then? Uh, yeah, well, you know what I think about getting back to F troop because yeah. you mentioned it. Yes. <laughs> well, I was talking about my podcast on yes. GilbertGodfrey.com. I, if if I were around years ago, I could have been one of the Indian chiefs on F Troop. <laughs> now it would be like, oh God, they had someone who's not an uh you know, a Native American playing a Native American. And and it's like back then it was like, you know, mainly like Jew Borsch Belt comics <laughs> were their Indian chiefs. Darken him up. Yes. <laughs> Put a headdress on him. This is an Indian. Who gives a shit? No one's going to give a shit. What? It's not like these dumb shits who are watching at home have any way to communicate with one another on some vast network of machines who could be upset. No one's going to give a shit. Put the guy in brown face. Let's get the fuck out of here. I got to get home and shit on my well, wife. It'll be sh- <laughs> <laughs> It'll be centuries before people have podcasts. I don't even know what that word is that I said. I heard it on the Jeffersons. <laughs> they mentioned <laughs> Which is also 10 years away. <laughs> I'm a psychic racist. <laughs> I uh, get have psychic projections about things that are racist. <laughs> damn, damn, damn. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but I picture an... African American, as they will be called. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Psychic racist. Not the word we favor nowadays, (laughs) which will not be allowed. (laughs) Anyway. Ah, oh, uh, the 1960s, the era that we live in currently. What a time. <laughs> what a time. <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. I think this is the perfect place to end the podcast. We're at an hour five. Yeah. The Miami Beach audience. Yeah. Good night, I'm Miami Beach. Good night. Gilbert Gottfried's. The amazing colossal podcast. Oh, I forgot the most yeah, important yeah, word. I'm sorry. Yeah, that was the amazing. What is that word again? Podcast. I tell you, I don't know if you're drunk or mentally challenged or both, but I'm going to keep you around to dance for me. The audience love. They love it. You're weaker than they are, and it makes them feel better about themselves, and that's why we're keeping you around. Stop stepping on my joke. Ah. Oh. Did my eyes roll back in my head again? I, it happened again. 
I had another moment. You should tell people to enjoy their burrito. That's how we end the podcast. We say enjoy your burrito. Gilbert Gottfried, a pleasure. Nice to see you. Come back again when you're around. Oh, no, I learned my lesson with this one. It's <laughs> bad. We can't. Where do you live in New York? Uh, yes, I'm not going to give my address on the air. So you live at uh, 50. I can't remember. Yeah, yes. What is your address? It's a, but my know. number is 555. <laughs> <laughs> Always takes me out of a movie. No matter what, no matter how good the movie is, the second they say 555, I am instantly pulled out. It, it, oh, and they do it in some of the best movies yep. where you think, don't they know that everybody knows this already? Just come up with like five number prefixes that are okay to use. Yeah. And then just use those. I'll see a movie that I'm really into and they'll go, okay, give me a call. Five, five, five. And I'll go, all right, forget it. Even, Even in Ghostbusters, when they show the commercial that they did, like, we're ready to believe you. It says KL5. It's like, even in 1984, people weren't using letters. I know. God damn it. Yeah, it makes me mad. I'm upset too. And what? oh, the other thing that that makes me mad is during a birthday party when they sing for he's a jolly good fellow. Like who sings that at a birthday party? The Elks Club. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I don't think the Kiwanis or the Moose Lodge. I don't think anyone now, I don't think any kids now at birthday parties Whoa, Spider-Man's here for his delicate fellow. Nobody, not one person. Not one person. (laughs) Um, Well, have a safe trip back to New York. When are you heading back? Um, uh, Think about it. Wednesday. You're going back Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I had to think about that. Um, And you're, you're not performing anywhere live? I am performing somewhere. Well, if, like, if people wanted to know that information, where would they go? GilbertGottfried.com and check schedules. I would only go there if there was if a podcast. If there was a podcast. I would go. I could like, see going. say, ooh, off the top of my head, say it was Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. Well, that doesn't sound like a real thing. But, yeah, and if it were a real thing... Then you'd have to subscribe to, I don't know, uh, iTunes or SideshowNetwork.tv. Well, what or, kind of... Or, if we're going to go really crazy, you could say, I have a book and DVD that you can get on Gilbert Well, well that's just crazy. I mean, yeah. who would even go on this podcast? What do you get, like Larry Storch? <laughs> What, what do you get, Boris Karloff's daughter? I mean, who the fuck would even go on such a podcast? <laughs> Who's on it? Marty Allen? <laughs> <laughs> he's, even, he's not even still alive. I mean, come on. It's not it's made up. All right, the end. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker 
lied. Like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. 